0: You're on the mic with J.D., an extraordinary show for ordinary people. Let's go. What's up, good people? It's your boy, J.D., And on this segment right here, we're going to talk about stigmas uh, of behavioral health, which it's a pretty touchy subject. And, um, you know, it's something that probably needs to be talked about more because there's just so many people going through it for whatever reason and are afraid to come forward and talk to somebody, you know, which leads to other problems. Uh, from within, you know, I know for me, like, if I hold something in too long, you know, it, it just brings me down. It weighs on me. And, um, you know, I have to find an outlet. I need somewhere safe, uh, that, that I can just kind of get everything off my chest and, and, you know, start, start the path to feeling better. And, um, a lot of service members are afraid to step forward and ask for help. Because of a stigma and the stigma that sends a negative attitude about mental health and, you know, that health care system, uh, which, you know, possesses a significant barrier to seeking help, right? Or engaging in the care that somebody needs because they don't want to be labeled. Nobody wants to be labeled and nobody wants, you know, people in their business, especially when it's something like behavioral health or mental health or something that's going on personal in their life uh, because they don't want to let anybody down. In the end of it, you know, when it all comes out, it, it's them or the individual ended up letting themselves down. Right. And the only person you can always count on is you. Right. So you can't be the one letting you down. Um, You know, I have, I have a story, right? And I want to tell that story. But before I tell my story, I need you to know that you can't be afraid of what people think about you. You know, you can't be afraid of some image, you know, because you are the go-to person in your organization. And if you seem weak, you know, people can't count on you. You are the one that needs to count on you. You are the one that needs to take care of you. Nobody else can help you if you don't ask. I think that's why this is a touchy subject. And most people in the military are alphas and don't want to seem weak and asking for help or being labeled um, with health issues, you know, is perceived as being weak. I think it takes a stronger person to go and seek help and be outside of their comfort zones a little bit vulnerable. That takes a stronger person than somebody who's hiding behind walls, not afraid to, you know, hit this thing head on and, and start your journey um, to recovery and rehabilitation. And people don't like to go to mental health because of what they fear it may do to their career, right? My clearance might be taken away. I might be put on a high risk status. I'll be taken away from the troops. Like a lot of that is not true. You know, there are specific circumstances that commanders can weigh in on that, you know, hey, if you are a risk, yes, yes. We could take you offline so you can, you know, immerse yourself in recovery, but it's manageable and you show that you're managing through um counseling sessions or, or whatever, like nothing is gonna happen to you. So yeah, I will, you know, next I will get into uh my story. So my story goes like this. Um it, go- it goes all the way back to my childhood. Um, I'm not going to get to the intricate details of my early childhood, adolescence and the things that I went through. But just know that what happened back then affects me now. Um, So it doesn't mean that PTSD necessarily comes from war. You can get PTSD from traumatic incidents during war. But that doesn't, that is not the definition of PTSD. PTSD can happen from anything. You can get in a car crash, get PTSD, right? So let's get that out in the clear early. So things that, you know, happened to me in my childhood um, affected me. Now, I was immersed in it, so I didn't realize that I was affected, not until, you know, my 20s. Um, in, in mid 20s and early 30s that I had real issues, you know, because life for me was normal and the way that I was was who I was. Right. So I didn't see anything different. It took my wife um, many years of struggling with me um, to make me realize that I had issues and these issues affected my relationships, not only with my wife but with my kids um, didn't necessarily affect my work, but my home life affects my work, right? So I did not want to be labeled. I didn't want that stigma on me that I had issues because I was functioning just fine at work. But what I didn't realize was, you know, the holistic understanding of life Right, Because for me to be successful at work just meant I was a success. And it didn't matter what happened at home because that wasn't part of my success. That wasn't part of, you know, the things that I thought were important at the time. And it wasn't until probably 20, 2015 um, that I started seeking help. Um, there was a one officer that I, uh, I deployed with who um, was in a little hot water at one point. But when I came home from a deployment, we had a pretty deep discussion about mental instabilities and seeking help and, you know, trying to get better uh, mentally. Right. And as a warfighter, um, as somebody of, of strength in a leadership position, Who is depended on by many people, you can't be weak. And having that stigma about yourself was a sign of weakness, you know, in in our minds, in my mind. And, um, you know, it took somebody who I thought was a great warrior to actually tell me that I was messing up, you know, that I needed to go seek help. And, you know, he had sought help. And we had a long, deep conversation. And it made me realize that I need to do this. I need to do this for myself. I need to do this for my family. I need to do this for my kids. I need to, to try to make things better, um, at home and, um, you know, refocus my energy, refocus, uh, my life. And, um, you know, that, that was part of the segment before with the work life balance, when I decided to leave special operations and go to Europe, um, that was the dis- deciding factor where I needed to really change. I didn't, th- you know, I, I understood that change doesn't happen overnight and it was going to take time. Um, when I started talking to uh, health care providers, I was not comfortable with the people I was talking to because they were civilians. They didn't understand the things that I was going through. You know, they understood my childhood stuff, you know, but they couldn't help me through through work stuff. And I wasn't comfortable talking to them. So you have to find the right person to talk to. You have to find the right provider who actually listens uh, to you, um, who's not there to just kind of do a cookie cutter of what I've seen in the past and these are the symptoms and these are familiar to me, so let's try this, right? You need somebody who's actually gonna sit there and listen to you and, and wholeheartedly digest what it is that you're trying to say, right? No, I wasn't trying to hurt myself. No, I wasn't trying to hurt others. So therefore, um, nobody really needed to know uh, that I was seeking behavioral health. But I let it be known um, because I wanted the people who looked up to me to understand that it was okay if they were going through something. And I was very transparent and people that know me know I'm very transparent um, in the things that I talk about. And that's why it's OK for me to say it here, even though I'm not going into details, that I sought out help. You know, I was going through it as a first sergeant. I was still seeking counseling. I was given medications uh, to try to to level me out. But I don't think that anything that I was going through and the things that I was talking about wasn't about war. Like, I understood that. Right. It wasn't about the things that I saw. Um, What really messed me up was how I came up, how I grew up um, and the things that I was exposed to. And, you know, the stuff that I really didn't realize um, that was an issue that really was the issue, the underlying issue to what I had going on in my life. And um, as we started sorting out you know, uh, medications and we started sorting out, you know, my situation, you know, things start getting better, you know, but you really have to believe that's what you want. You have to seek it. Like you have to want it. You have to meet the clinicians halfway. They can't do it for you. You have to do it yourself, you know, and it's putting one foot in front of the other and saying, yeah, this is what I want and staying positive positive. Um, And having that hope that you can change, you know, and every day that you wake up in the morning, you have another chance to make it right. And I still go through it today. I still, you know, I'm still going through it. I don't have counselors that I'm talking to. You know, I'm kind of managing myself at this point, but I've made a lot of great strides. And often, you know, I share my story with people who are going through it. As Well, because they see me for who I am at work. They don't know me like that, you know, behind closed doors, only only my family, really just my wife. She knows everything. Right. And I it took me a long time to really break down and just talk to her about it. And because I didn't think she would understand, I didn't want to be judged by her. You know, that's the one person that I never want to disappoint. And I've disappointed for so many years it's crazy to me that what I wasn't trying to do is exactly what I was doing. I wasn't trying to disappoint her and I let her down multiple times. I let my family down multiple times and I, I refuse to do that anymore. You know, uh, I would, <laughs> it was crazy because I would just tell a lie for no reason. Don't even have to lie. Nothing to really even lie, but I would just lie, you know, because that's just who I was. That's just what I did. Um, It was just a white lie. It didn't hurt anybody until it came back, and then it was like, "Why'd you lie?" There was no point in lying. It was that's stupid to lie about, right? Like I don't, I didn't understand it either. To me, it wasn't a big deal, but it was a big deal, you know, because I lied. Uh, Obviously, you're losing trust. So it's so crazy that you know, for so many years, um, you know, I'm in my 40s now, man. And, you know, I'm not still not perfect. Right. Nobody will ever be perfect. But um, I am so much better than what I was. Right. And I thought I was good then. Right. And then I look back at the old me and I'm like, Jesus Christ, how could anybody deal with me? How could my wife stay with me for this long? You know, I owe her so much. It's it's crazy to me that she's still here. (laughs) I thank my lucky stars every day because nobody knows me like her. You know, and nobody would put up with the things that I put her through, and I could never be sorry enough, you know, or ever, ever make, make it up enough. Um, every day I wake up and I'm thankful, and I don't take anything for granted. And if you need help, whether you know it or not, go and ask. You can ask me. I'm zero judgment. Like I'm not a judge. I'm not a jury. You know, I don't hold a grudge. Uh, If you just need an ear to listen to reach out, I will listen and I won't say anything, you know, unless you ask specific questions that you want answers to. If I can answer it, you know, keep in mind, I'm not a clinician, I'm not a psychologist or any of that, but I've been around and uh, I've I've had my fair share. Right. And I've been a counselor for many soldiers. Uh, in my formation, I've closed doors, and I've never said anything to anybody. As long as you're not trying to hurt yourself or others, your secret's safe with me. Just know that, and and you can ask anybody who knows me that's sat down behind closed doors. Like that's that's it. That's law. I'm no snitch. So if you want to keep something confidential and you don't feel like you can go to somebody, I can help you. You know, I can listen. You know, and if you want somebody to go with you uh, to go and talk to somebody. I'll be there, you know, I'll do that. Um, I will make sure that you are taken care of because you matter. You need to know that everybody matters. Everybody has their role um, in this thing called life and everybody matters. I've watched segments of people that had, they wanted to end it all. Right. And, you know, suicide is a, um, you know, a permanent solution to a temporary problem, you know, and there's a stigma about that. People who take their own life. Oh, they're weak. I would beg to differ. I'm not going to argue with people about that, but I would definitely say it takes great strength to end your life. And I've, I've watched segments where people have jumped off the golden gate bridge and everything in their world was crashing down until they let go. And when they let go, they regretted it instantly but they couldn't hold on anymore. Thankfully they're alive. You know, not everybody survives that drop, but the ones that do survive are thankful. So think about that, right? Again, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Just reach out to somebody. People just need to be better with each other. You know, give the greeting of the day. How is your morning going? You'd be surprised. How that uplifts somebody instead of walking by and not saying anything like they don't, they don't exist. You know, I try to go out of my way nowadays to say hi because you just don't know. Hey, how was your day? You know, it, it could just be a simple thing that you do that, that they're like, Oh, somebody recognized me. Somebody asked me how my day. Oh, let me tell you about my day. I'm going through it. But you never know. There's been other, you know, other stories where people are like, I want to go today. Today is the day that I end it, right? And if nobody acknowledges me, I'm just going through it. I'm going through with it. Like that's crazy. Like you could save somebody's life just by saying, "Hey, how was your day?" So, life is precious. And you know, on my other segment where, you know, I'm saying I'm thankful for to be alive, you know, it it puts things in different perspectives. Obviously, as you're getting older, right? You start thinking about different things. Um, but, you know, my story is simple, but I, I had a problem and I didn't seek help for, you know, so many years and I'm glad I did, you know, I'm glad I'm, I'm able to be more open about, uh, behavioral health and, and, you know, share my story. So you understand that the stigma is not real. The stigma is, is what you place on yourself. The only way you're really getting pulled out uh, or off the line is if you're trying to hurt yourself or others. You know, you're not going to lose your clearance unless you're trying to do these things or sabotage, you know, something that's ongoing. Other than that, like I was still a first sergeant, I'm still a sergeant major. Like none of that stopped anything, and it's in my records. Everybody can see it. That, that's you know clinically there. And they ask me every time I SRP, do you need to go talk to anybody? Do you need this? Are are your meds straight? How is this? Like, I'm good, you know, and I'm, I'm good with talking about it. I'm good with, you know, discussing it. You know, I don't really need to get into the details, but just know that I'm just like everybody else. I got a problem just like everybody else. I need help just like everybody else, you know. So reach out, talk, you know, get it off your chest and um, you'll be surprised. Maybe we'll share a story. You know, we'll swap a story one day if you really want to know. I'm OK with it. So that's my segment for today. Um, That's what I wanted to talk to you good people about is you matter. Right. And behavioral health is a a serious and sensitive topic for a lot of people. I'm going to say what I want because this is an open mic session. And, you know, I'm not here to offend people. I'm not here, you know, to pass judgment or anything like that. But, you know, this is a place where I can get things off my chest. Right. This is therapy for me. Doing this podcast right here and I get great feedback from people all the time texting me, calling me, DMing me, emailing me, telling me keep putting out content. Keep 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 this thing up. And I appreciate the love and I appreciate the shares. But this is my story for today, And and uh, love every one of you. You know, I want you to know that. And I'm serious when I say reach out, reach out. I'm here. And I will help. And I know a lot of people who will do the same. We have a lot of great leaders out there, a lot of great troopers, and we need every one of you. So take care.